You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey everyone, Danielle here. Just a quick friendly heads up before we get started that we have a community over on Facebook created for women just like you called the Female Biz Journey Insider Group. So you can find that over on Facebook and it'll be down in the show notes here to help you with any extra info, resources, or anything else that the guests or myself want to throw at you. So if that sounds good to you, then head over there and we can talk a little bit more. Now let's get started with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have on the true definition of a go-getter, Miranda Namias who runs a digital marketing team for online service providers. She truly built a mini empire over here, guys, to help make your life stress-free with clients coming your way with services and products that range from virtual assistant to client sales. So welcome to the show, Miranda. (laughs) Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I am too, and you guys probably didn't hear, but I was on the straight struggle bus a second ago trying to pronounce (laughs) things. So if if you're wondering why she's laughing, it's because she heard me five times try and repeat it. Um, (laughs) But I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I've followed what you've done probably for the last six months or so, and I've seen you grow, and especially your new website layout looks fantastic, just to let you know. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're so sweet. Yeah, I truly love it. I like how it's laid out and everything. So you guys should check that out too, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. But I want to begin this show how I always do with most guests, where we begin with your journey and then end with where you're currently at and kind of the future of it. So can you tell me a little bit about how you grew up and kind of what led you to wanting to start going down this profession? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Rhode Island and uh, I graduated college with a bachelor's degree in English in 2012. And my family growing up, we had a few people in our family who um, own their own businesses. So I guess you could say that I kind of like grew up around that. But it's kind of funny because even when I was growing up, I would see how much stress it put on my family members who own their own business. And I would be like, I never want to have that. Like, I'm going to be in corporate, like all the way. And my dad would always make fun of me like, no, you're totally going to run your own business. And um, I don't know, I always thought he was wrong. But I guess he wasn't wrong. Dad, you were right. (laughs) And so after I graduated college, I ended up going to work for my dad. Um, um, 2012, the like economy was still pretty bad. So there weren't really a ton of jobs available. Um, I went to work for him for a couple of years to try to just get started, get something on my resume. He um, has a publishing company. So it worked well with my background in English. I did a lot of stuff like proofreading. And I also learned um, a lot of new things like um administrative work in the office, um, like organizational stuff, some a lot of graphic design stuff and some photography. So I feel like it really gave me like a well-rounded like introduction into having a career. And then 
Um, I mean, I always knew that that wasn't what I was going to be doing forever, but um, so eventually I kind of discovered the world of online business and um, I don't know, I guess I just decided to to try it and see how it would go. I thought that my like graphic design skills and my like having a good English um, background as I struggle over my words and having a good background in like communications and English I just thought it was like a good skill set to have for an online business so I went for it and it ended up being really good um, you know I was successful very quickly on and I eventually ended up leaving my part-time job working for my dad and now I run the business full-time I love that and especially I love that you mentioned that you also learned the graphic design and the English as well because I think you can mention this too is that when you're running your business especially starting out you have to kind of put your hand in everything like learn everything from graphic design to copywriting to all this kind of stuff <laughs> people don't realize that even for myself you know I I'm no photographer but I tried my first hand at product photography a couple of days ago and there's just things that you have to kind of uh, learn as you go. And I'm really happy you mentioned that because even though we all want to have just that like one task, the one that we love, we also have to learn everything else at, at first, at least. I think that you're totally right that it's kind of, you don't even really realize it before you own your business. You think, you know, Hey, like I'm going to be a graphic designer or I'm going to be a copywriter and I'm just going to write copy 24 seven. Like, no, you literally have to do everything, including your own bookkeeping and your own marketing and your own like, um, HR and client services like you have yes. to do absolutely everything yourself but I kind of liked that because um, you know one thing I didn't like necessarily about working in the corporate world was I just like a lot of variety and I thought that I would get that if I worked for myself versus doing like the same thing over and over every single day that just you know it didn't really appeal to me so I like having I liked having to learn a lot of things Yes, and I think it really helps you see what you like going forward, too. Like, you get to see, you know, do you uh, like doing certain parts of graphic design? Do you like doing certain parts of here and there? Because it's not always the same. I mean, graphic design, as you know, and, like, writing in general can be so, um, can be anywhere, can do anything with it. And I, I think that's really cool that you mentioned that, too, just because, you literally all your days are variety. I mean, I don't know one person who's an entrepreneur, like a true entrepreneur, and it's like, yeah, I just write five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, you're totally right. Um, and that's what I tell a lot of my students as well is that when you're just getting started out with a business, um, some things you have to learn from experience like maybe there's things out there that you didn't even realize you really liked like when I first got started I really did think I was going to be like a graphic designer and that was going to be the only thing that I did but um, I realized I really liked marketing so I ended up specializing in marketing which does involve some graphic design but um, you know I really like that and I kind of like I never would have known if I hadn't gone and had to like learn all of these different skills I would never have gotten ex experience in all those different areas and been able to say like I don't like this I do like this yes I think that's true too and I think you can mention this as well because I uh, I went to college as well got my bachelor's in HR and you're so filtered by the time that you get your AA and go on to that that you don't really have time to really experience anything else or if you do it's what they want you to do. So you really have free range when you have your own business um, versus when you're in college, which, I mean, 
I don't have any qualms with college at all. I mean, do whatever you guys want to. But I think that it's really true that, you know, when you do 15 classes or 15 things of the same thing, you won't really realize what else is out there and what you might be good at and you don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, even if in the beginning of college, sometimes you have to take, like, those general education classes, and it gives you, like, the tiniest little taste of, like, something. But as a business owner, you kind of have to really, like, dive in with a lot of different things. It's not just, like, a 101 psych class or whatever. Like, you really have to get super down and dirty with some stuff. And, I mean, part of the problem is maybe you don't like that stuff, but... Um, if you do like the majority of it, then being an entrepreneur can be really fun. Yes. And I, I remember hearing from, um, Amy Porterfield, she was like the three things that you need for your business to really excel is copywriting, content creation. And I think it was storytelling were the three Mm. and people really don't understand the like true value of what words can do and what small changes can do so that's why I really love talking to people who love writing and those kind of areas because you can literally shape consumer behavior through words that's so crazy I love learning about that stuff yes I know I it's interesting too because I got my degree in HR just because I wanted to help people not really anything else obviously (laughs) I'm not doing (laughs) HR (laughs) anymore um but I think that it was really interesting for me because I'd write so many things, so many reports and such, and I realized if I wrote a certain way or the way that the teacher or the way that my clients want to hear it, it was a lot better of a response rate. So I love um, kind of seeing those, like, different tweaks you do as you grow your business that see, oh, I changed this, and then something else flourishes out of it, which is really cool. Yes. I get so, like, obsessive about that kind of stuff, like, like, if I'm sending a cold email or whatever to a client, I'll change, like, one word and then test, like, the difference between the two. I get so nerdy with it, and I think it's so fun to see, like, how the littlest changes can affect things so much. Yes, it really can, especially that's why, I mean, as you probably know, when you first began your business, there's all the ideal client uh, stuff, and they tell you about their the wording and the jargon and all that kind of stuff that they use because it's it can really help shape how yes. things are going to go. Yes, I 100% agree. Yes, I I also really like the part that you said uh, before is you have students. And I really want to know how that came to be from just ha- having your own business and now actually having a team of students and actually an, a whole team behind you to help you right now with, I mean, everything. Guys, she has like 10 programs. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so right now, I would say the majority of the work that I do is like my digital marketing stuff for clients. And for that, I have a team of um, like subcontractors that help me with that work. Um, and I also have students, you know, they saw me becoming successful in the digital marketing space. And one thing I talk a lot about is how to get clients. Um, so that's what I talk about mostly with my students. Um, so I have like those two different sides of my business so it really started as more like um you know the marketing side of things but as I grew it expanded and now I have these two areas I focus on and it's really fun I really have discovered that I enjoy teaching and I enjoy talking to students and so I think it's really cool that I was able to kind of grow my business in that way so that now I have clients and students I really like both yeah, I, I really love that you mentioned that too. As 
I think one of the main things anyone looks out for, especially for starting out, is the client aspect. So I like that you really hone in on that as well. And I wonder, because you've had, you know, you've had a lot of students uh, come into where you're at, and you're obviously going to have more throughout the years. And I wonder, what's one of the one or two things you see from basically any new student that they're struggling with just starting out in their business or anything before they um, get your information or your programs? Um. Yeah, so I feel like the one of the reasons why I decided to focus on getting clients is because I feel like that's like almost the probably the number one thing I feel like new service providers, how do I get clients? I have X skill and I need clients to sell my services to. So, um, but the reason why I decided to focus on it is because I actually found getting clients easy and it seemed people were like how is it so easy for you and so I really liked um kind of like I was talking about earlier going through my processes like discovering all the different things that I did and like mapping out like and tweaking things and like I'm getting really nerdy with it and trying to figure out like what I was doing uh, you know differently that changed things um I think that one of the things I learned early on is um, relationship building is so important in the online world. So that's a key area where if you're just getting started out, I think it's really important to make a lot of friends, make a lot of connections, and really try to strengthen your, your network and, you know, open up conversations with different people. And it's so much fun, I think, you know, to make friends. And I think, um, you know, not only is it fun to have friends, it can also be, you know, a mutually beneficial relationship to have somebody where, you know, you could send somebody their way, they could send somebody your way. And so I think that's one of the important things you should focus on um, when you're just getting started. Yes, I really love that too. And it actually kind of ties into something that I noticed this week was I uh, start. I'm launching this podcast in a couple of weeks and I've been uh, having guests come on here and there. And one of the main ways that I have my, my guests come on was just by personally asking them and inviting them. And I think that's something people really don't um, understand the true value of. If you really take the time to reach out to someone, tell them something about their business or themselves that you love, and then try and give them some value, they will most likely respond to you and help you and hopefully grow that relationship. And I think people really forget that starting out. It's not always about selling yourself. It's really about giving what you can to them, even if it's just like a couple tips that helps first put you in the like credibility mode, but also helps show that, hey, I'm here for you. I looked at your stuff. I looked at you. So come and I will come back to you. Yes, I totally agree. I think what you said about it's not always about selling that is so important like just look at it like it's important to have these connections but also have them be real don't just like have a big list of people that you've like said hi to once like actually grow and build relationships and um give more than you receive Um, be open to giving without necessarily receiving. Don't always go into a relationship thinking, what can I get out of this? Um, I think that it seems counterintuitive, but it is, it it ends up really benefiting you in the end. Oh, it's a hundred percent true. I think there was, uh, I think there was a girl or actually it was Gary Vaynerchuk who talked about his, his whole book is, um, jab, 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 right hook, which is literally 
serve, 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 sell. Like, <laughs> like you just, you put all of basically 80% of your time into giving to others, creating that customer client experience. And you, he says it in more of a, a masculine way where he says you basically, they feel guilty to where they want like, they want your services because you've given so much that they want, like, to help you out and take your services afterwards. <laughs> you know? And that's that's awesome. It's, that's how it should be. And I think people, especially starting out, even myself, when I was doing the first couple months, I was so focused on how can I get or how can I do, how can I, you yeah. know? And I, I have a friend who's in the same realm of social media management, and she's like, I hate that word. I hate the word get because you're not getting people. You're creating, like, that relationship with them. Yes. 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 Preached. <laughs> I, know, right? I need the preach emoji up here right now. And I think something that'd be really interesting for a lot of people, not only starting out, but those who are probably three to five years in and able to hire on more people. What was your experience with having um, the sub, like the subcon- subcontractors that you have? You know, uh, how did you find them? Was it through referrals? How's experience been for those? I know a lot of people who have VAs. I have a friend who's had really terrible experiences. I've had people who have great experiences. So I'd love to know how that process was for you yeah um so right now I have a team of about 15 people um and they all work part-time for me um I what I've done is I've tried to find people who are really good in one specific area and then when I take on a client who needs kind of a bunch of different things related to digital marketing I'll portion out the pieces of the project to the different people on my team who are really good in that specific area. So I found that I can provide a really well-rounded end result to that client by having those kind of experts on my team in the specific areas. Um, So I really like doing it that way versus having um, subcontractors like one subcontractor per client or per project. Um, It's more work on my end, but I feel like it is... Um, a better result for the client and I do put out like better work that way um it I would say like you said that you know sometimes you have bad experiences sometimes you have good experiences it definitely hasn't been across the board either one or the other for me it's you know sometimes it's been good sometimes it's been bad I think the important thing is just that you know once you get to a certain point in your business you are going to need to hire a VA or subcontract out depending on what your business model is so um kind of you know you have to do it (laughs) um don't look at it as like a scary thing or a bad thing um but also be realistic and know that you may have some bad experiences you may need to fire somebody like yeah that is kind of scary but um it's really important for growing your business and um one tip I would give is that kind of the earlier on that you do this or the earlier on that you prepare for this part of your business, the better um, results you will get. Because I feel like a lot of the times the results that you get from your VAs or your subcontractors is directly related to how well you've prepared them, how well you've delegated to them. So practicing that delegation um, or trying to get better at it over time allows you to, um, get the most out of them. So it's not always like they're a bad VA. Um, I mean, sometimes it is, but a lot of the times you can kind of work with somebody and figure out, you know, what is the best way that we work together? How can we best communicate together? Maybe it's just that they need to like um, be on Voxer or something with you versus over text. Like maybe they understand things better 
a different way. And so I think that being open to um, investing in somebody and discovering the best way to work with them over time can have you um, have your team be really good in the end. So I guess that's what I would say that. Um, but, you know, there are some people that just aren't a good fit and you have to be OK with letting them go. Um, and that's something that you'll need to practice as well. <laughs> I think, I mean, you mentioned so many great things, but I think one of the biggest parts that I've noticed, and you can mention this as well, because I, I don't think I know anyone else who, who's never been through this. When you start delegating, especially outsourcing, the feeling of letting go or like releasing control is so huge because our businesses are basically our baby. Like I, I don't know anyone else who's not said, you know, their business is not like connected to them somehow. So (laughs) I love that you mentioned that because having to release control is something that's so difficult. No matter if you're a laid back person, it's still, it's such a huge part of your life to trust someone. And I think that's also a great point that you can also use those relationships that you've built in the last couple of months with your clients too. ask them, reach out and see if they have anyone yeah. who they've had good experiences with. I think that's something that needs to be talked about too. You don't always have to go on Upwork or, you know, find someone on uh, wherever you want to look for. There could be people that they've worked with or that your clients have worked with before who will actually refer good people to you. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. Um, getting, uh, Growing your team from people that come highly recommended is a really good way to have a really good team. Um, I don't, I feel like sometimes it's hard because people who I've found with recommendations tend to be a little bit more expensive than other people. I've noticed because, you know, they're more discovered. So they tend to be, you know, a little bit further on in their businesses. But if you need somebody who's like an expert in a specific area and you're willing to pay more for that type of an expert going the recommendation route can be really good and I agree that you should try your best not to use Upwork if possible because you will get um higher quality off of Upwork typically yes and I actually want to mention back too because you said that when you uh the subcontractors that you have right now are usually based on like one specific area, whether it's um, marketing, whatever it might be. I wonder for those who are just starting out, would you recommend them to try and stay more categorized in one thing or kind of um, dip their hand into everything and then kind of narrow in later on? Um, I would definitely recommend the second thing. I mean, if your goal is to be like a permanent subcontractor forever like I don't really I guess I don't really know anybody who has that goal (laughs) then um, becoming an expert in one specific area right away is a good idea but if you're um you know not that (laughs) then I would absolutely 100% say to you know dip your toes in as many different waters as possible that is like the advice I'm always giving because I think so often people start out their businesses and they have this urge to be like 100% perfect to know everything about their business like the day they launch and like have their like 10 year plan mapped out and I just want to be like but you don't even know yet like (laughs) you need to gain that experience before you can make an educated decision on what you want to niche down in I think eventually it is good to niche down but I think that in the beginning when you have that freedom to kind of experiment and your brand isn't super like known yet you can kind of do whatever you want to a certain extent um experimenting is awesome and it helps you learn more about yourself more about your business and then over time niching down um will really help um but I definitely think that 
gaining that experience in those different areas when you first start out is important. Unless you're like the kid who's like five years old. I want to be a doctor. And then they like are a doctor. If you are very skilled in one specific area and you know you want to do that, then by all means, go ahead. But if you're not 100% sure or like you're still kind of learning your skills, then I think experimenting is important. Yes, I'm really happy you mentioned that too because I know a lot of people just starting out, as you can probably say, especially in 2018, there's so many conflicting thoughts, especially when you just start out, whether um, you should have one ideal client. Who is that? You know, should you do this? Uh, should you niche down first? Should you go to, you know, there's so many conflicting areas. Yeah. And I like to get, you know, opinions from those who've actually gone through it and been in the trenches versus those who just did that one road and have no idea about, you know, the other areas. Yeah. So I'm really happy you mentioned that too. I think that that is a good point there are so many different opinions and I mean it's hard because it's like it really depends on the person like I want to say go and experiment but then also like if you have a lot of skill in one area maybe you should just niche down in that one area but maybe it like even if you're already like really good at copywriting maybe you don't know like what type of copy you want to focus on maybe you just want to do about pages maybe you just want to do sales pages I think that there's always a level of experimentation that you can do in your business and like no matter what area you're experimenting in that's important yes I completely agree and I love that you mentioned the copy part too because I know when we when we uh talk about these uh, arenas like copywriting marketing da, 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 people can get really concerned even uh one of my clients when I was first starting out She's like, yeah, I want to do a product launch. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, you can do Pinterest. Da, da. And I at first was thinking, okay, I can do all of these. And then you start realizing that's a lot of work for one person. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's better to kind of notice how much work you have and what you think would be best for it and go through there. So I like that you say that once you get more experience, you can kind of see what you want. But I think people get really concerned, at least that I've noticed, is that they say um, they want to own their own business. Okay, cool. So are you going to try and do X, Y, and Z? Do you want to, you know, what's that kind of part versus saying, I want to own my own sales, da, 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 like actually having this yeah. point. I think that's the what you're trying to get out for any of the like listeners who are hearing this. It's if you just have the, the notion of I want to own my own business, that's when you should try out everything. But if you have yes. like a specific like one goal that's that um, sales copy. Like I want to have a bakery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, don't try your hands at like restaurants or cafes. Just do the bakery <laughs> first. See how that goes. So I really hope that helps those who um, who are just starting out because I know that's something that's really hard for them is hearing that and seeing people who are niched down and seeing, do I start yeah. out that way? You know, what do you do? Yeah. And I think that it's tempting to niche yourself like earlier on just because usually all of the successful people that you're modeling yourself after they've already gotten to the point where they've niched down so you see that as being successful but I think that you know there is um like a, there's a process there's a journey to it you can't skip from a to z you kind of need to go through the process and sometimes it can be hard when you're looking at your role models and you've seen that they've already achieved success and you want to base your decisions off where they are now instead of, you know, you don't really know what they went through in the first six months of their, of their business. So yes. it can be um, misleading to judge your decisions based on um, other people's 
current success levels. I'm so happy you mentioned that too, because that's mainly why I created this podcast and why I try to document a journey as best as possible, because people don't really talk about the first uh, one to five years. Usually it's yeah. after that. They they talk about how they got there, but they leave out all the like parts, like the bad days <laughs> and this kind of stuff, you know, because it's not that needed in the story, but people need that, especially in 2018, people need that real, um, just your real life. And I, I really ha- I'm really happy you mentioned also about looking at others and like looking at your mentors or role models and having that kind of comparison syndrome that can really happen. And I wonder if, if you started out or even, you know, it could happen to like to today, did you have any um, like internal struggles starting out like with, with mindset, limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome, anything like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've definitely had kind of <laughs> all, all of the above <laughs> at one point or another in my business. And I think that that's pretty normal. Um, when I started out, I definitely had imposter syndrome because, I mean, who am I to charge XYZ per hour? Or, you know, I'm not good at this. Look at them. They're amazing. Like, who would pay me for this? Um, it's so hard to deal with that. Um, you just kind of have to push through it and, um, I don't know, kind of almost fake it till you make it. Like, don't be um, fake, but kind of try to tell yourself, like, that. give yourself that confidence and just say, like, you're awesome. You're awesome. And until you believe it, I think that that's, like, I don't know. It's silly, but it works. No, it really, it's really true. That's something I work, I'm working on in 2018 is to do more affirmations in the morning because I am like, I need, I need to do them more and I need to have, you know, that kind of arena, but I just, I don't know why it's not working that well. Um, and I'll, so that's, I completely understand. I actually have affirmations right behind you. I have my vision board in front of me with this. Um, but I think it's really true. And I also love that you mentioned that we all have this starting out, and that's why I like to ask people because I think people always feel super alone starting out, and they feel like they're the only ones who are going through this kind of thing, and it's really true that I think that, you know, it's there's a point where we all are there, and especially for where social media is at, you can type in, if you're doing a web designer or a graphic designer, you can type in that and see 40 plus accounts of beautiful web designers or this kind of stuff. And it can really um, bring you down. I remember when I first started, I was looking at them and I was like, wow, they did such amazing work. Why am I doing this? Should I even do this? I'm not at their level. And I'm happy that you really mentioned that because it's such a a thing that people need to talk about more, especially for those who are wanting to go down this, you know, avenue. Yes, that is so truthful. Um, (laughs) I think that it's so easy to like, um, I don't know, get caught up in that Instagram reality when it's, you know, it's so not reality at all. Um, uh, I try to be as real as I can in my own business when I'm talking to my students. Um, you know, authenticity is so important. Um, so something I struggled with personally is that, um, I'm totally an introvert Yep. and, Um, I think a lot of people in the service provider business um, are introverts. As am I, so um, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can be so hard to, um, you know, especially when you're trying to, like, get clients, you really have to put yourself out there. And that can be so hard to do as an introvert. So that's something personally that I would say was probably one of my biggest struggles was putting myself out there and 
being comfortable talking to people, making friends. It didn't feel normal to me at first. Um, I could, you know, I would get so nervous before discovery calls. And, um, but over time, after I practiced and practiced and practiced and had like a million discovery calls, I don't get nervous at all anymore. And like this podcast, like a year and a half ago, I would have been like shaking in my boots being on this podcast episode right now. But, um, you know, I didn't feel nervous at all before jumping on this um, interview with you. I felt totally comfortable with it. And just thinking about myself, like, five years ago, the idea that I would be totally comfortable with jumping <laughs> on a podcast interview with somebody is, like, baffling. Um, I, but, you you know, you can get to that point where you are more comfortable with yourself and you can open up. And really, it's just all about practicing and um, putting yourself in those situations that are a little bit out of your comfort zone. And um, the more that you see yourself being successful in those areas, like there are little wins and you can kind of say like, yay, I did this discovery call today and I didn't cry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So I think that, you know, that is, that's something personally that I struggled with in the beginning. And um, I'm happy to say that I've somewhat conquered it. I'm still not, I still can't do in-person speaking and I'm not sure that I ever will be able to, but um you know, making friends and talking on podcasts and discovery calls and stuff like that, it's now, like, really easy. Yes, I'm really, really happy you mentioned that, too, because I noticed that even for myself, you know, I'm an introvert, and I actually was in the customer service business for about six years, and, I mean, every day I had to push myself out of my comfort zone because there's days where you just don't, you know, you don't want to talk to people, especially when you're an (laughs) introvert. You're just like, man, today I just want to be on my couch in a blanket and just like not deal with life. And I think it's really great that you talk about that because I think it is true. A lot of people in this business are very introverted or have introverted tendencies. And the thing about owning your own business is you kind of have to balance out the introvert side with the actual um, extrovert side. Like I've heard so many people say they're an extroverted introvert, which I think you kind of slowly become as you talk to more people. You don't necessarily are outgoing, but you know when you have to talk that you can talk. Yes, I think I've been able, I mean, I would have considered myself like 100% like case of an introvert. Like (laughs) before I started my business, I was so introverted. And now I would probably say I am an extroverted introvert if that makes any sense like I have grown those extroverted tendencies where I can feel comfortable talking to people and um, you know working myself up to get on camera and doing Facebook lives and all that kind of stuff I think that you know you don't just you don't have to be think to yourself like I'm an introvert I can't do that it's something you can learn and get better at over time Yes, I think that's true, too, that people think that once you're stuck with this label or you're stuck with being an introvert, that that's the end-all, be-all, which is definitely not the case. I mean, as you learned your skills with um, graphic design, that kind of stuff, you can learn, you know, talking. Uh, There's literally presentation coaches. There's speaking (laughs) coaches. There's a reason why, you know, you can develop it. It just depends on, you know, where do you want to see yourself, especially for your goals and uh, for your business. Yes, I think that... um, learning and practice is so important in a business and there are a lot of things that can be learned that you 
may not have thought could be learned. And there are so many things that, you know, practice will help you get better at in that you can learn or you could hire a coach for or you could read a book on like, Mm -hmm. there's so many things that you can improve on and setting goals over time and um, working to achieve them is, you know, really important. And it can help you so much. Yes. And I really, for anyone who's out there who's thinking that, you know, starting a business or even if you're in it too, you can always develop yourself, learn new things. It's never, you never just stop one day. Like you're, especially when you're, (laughs) especially when you're a business owner, you continuously learn. I have five books on my coffee table, one in my car. I have audio, but you know, there's just so many things that you uh, end up doing that you have to kind of just go with it and get as much information that you're comfortable with and really apply it. Cause that's the huge part too. I think you can mention this too, is that you, I mean, I love reading, but if you don't actually apply anything, you're just having empty knowledge because that will go oh, away. My gosh. You know, I know. Right. I think that's like a, uh, I don't know, like a disease that's out there right <laughs> now is that like people are taking in all this knowledge, but then not doing anything with it. I think it has to be like an equal balance. Yes, I think that's so true, too. I, I don't remember where it was, but there was some kind of uh, study that showed a lot of people who goes to webinars or workshops, you know, for that first hour to even up to the day, they have the motivation, they have the drive, and then they don't do anything. And you see it, maybe 20% actually applied the tools in there. And it's so, so tr- sad. <laughs> it's so sad, too. But it's so true. And I that's why I like to get this point across is that, you know, it's great to learn, but if there's no application, you're just, I don't like saying this, but it's kind of true. You're kind of just wasting your time because yeah. it's your, your, the way that your mind works is it drops anything that you're not using. Like, cause you're, yeah. you have so much information just dropping that. So I'm happy that you also agree because I used to read so many books and not do anything. Like, this is such a good book. I feel so empowered. And then, like, the next day, (laughs) start another book. (laughs) Yes. But, yeah. I mean, I know, like, I've read the 5 a.m. Miracle. And, like, while reading it, I was like, yes, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. Like, no. I got up at 9 today. (laughs) Yes. I know. I read that, uh, the Miracle Morning book. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and wake up at 5 or 6 and, you know, have this. And then I still, to this day, probably wake up, like, if I am, um, let's say if I'm on my best day, I'm waking up (laughs) around 7.30. And that's on my best day. So it's just, you know, I think people can get really hard on themselves, too. It's an all or nothing. And it's really not. It's all flexible scale. And I I really think that's something that's great to mention, too. And I kind of want to ask you as well, since we kind of went through a good amount of uh, the present (laughs) and past of you, what is, like, one thing that you would tell yourself just starting now if you were to go back? Hmm. I feel like (laughs) we covered so much. Um, I guess I would just say that um, just jump in and, like, do things. Um, And I think that kind of covers, like, all sorts of things. So, like, learning, actually implementing, um, trying to break out of your comfort zone, like, whatever it is that you should be doing, just (laughs) do it. Like, it's so silly, and it seems like that's not actual advice, but doing it, jumping in, actually starting your business, actually getting those clients, actually making the money, it's, that's, like, the one thing, like, you just need to jump in 
and do it. So if you're on the fence about anything right now, um, or you're thinking about starting a business, or you're um, you know, considering going one direction in your business or whatever it is, I, you know, get that motivation and just get it done. Yes. I think you might've heard this too from Marie Forleo. She has everything is figure outable. And oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love it too. Cause it's really true. And you know, once you start keeping that in your like forefront of your mind, it can yeah. really help you understand, you know, there's no one woke up like, or was born to be if like, they had photography skills right off the bat, or, you know, they learned yeah. coding in the womb. Like, it doesn't happen. So <laughs> it's really just about starting and having the, the discipline to kind of go with it and stick with it. Yes, but. absolutely. And I try to always think about that, um, you know, how people say that, like, the only, like, regrets you'll have are, like, not doing things. Mm-hmm. And so I try to always remember that. And if I'm you know, having the urge to, to do something in my life or, um, you know, take a challenge or meet, meet a goal, you know, um, actually doing that thing instead of just sitting there thinking about doing it yes. or um, <laughs> you know, whatever. I think that that's so true. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that can be applied for really any part of your life. And I like yeah. this, this example, because it's something that still scares me because I'm currently doing it. Um, I do Muay Thai kickboxing. So I've done it for about four years. And I'm actually training for a fight and going to Thailand in July. Oh my train. gosh. Yeah. So it's something that I like to mention because people, I mean, you see, you see me, it's all blonde girl. And you're like, oh, that, 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 that doesn't seem right. But <laughs> I did it because I wanted to commit to myself. I've had it on my bucket list to do a fight for years. And I'm finally at the point where it's, you know, there's, there's not enough excuses to not do it. You know, you just have to kind of get started with it, with that, whatever you're doing. And I think that's so true. Okay. So one of the last questions that I love asking anyone, especially for you, is what was your process between your like branding, like with the color pink and also having your own name as the, the beginning of it? Because I know for myself, I had a huge struggle starting out with like, should I use like one of those, you know, uh, not my actual name or should I use my real name? Like, what should I do? So I like to hear from people who've kind of embraced their name and embraced, you know, kind of themselves and put that in your brand. Yeah, so that's a, a really good question. Um, it's actually kind of funny, the thing with my name, because um, when I started the business, I was engaged, and we were about to get married, like, um, like eight months from then. So when I started my business, I'm like, I kind of want to use my name, but which name do I use? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually started my business under my name, Miranda Namias, like before we actually got married. So it was really weird because um, for like a really long time, people were calling me Miranda Namias and I like wasn't, that was not my actual name. <laughs> so I thought it, it was just really weird that I decided to do that. But um, my goal with, with using my name and with using my married name was to kind of future proof my business. Yes. Um, so I wanted to have, because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, like I didn't want to, you know, run a bakery. <laughs> um, I was kind of leaving it open by choosing to do it by my name. Um, you know, I wasn't really sure where I was going to be going with this or what the long-term vision of the business was. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to do my name because then I can do anything. So that's kind of the pro of it being under your name is that you can kind of go anywhere with it. Um, but there's pros and cons to both ways. Um, and choosing pink, I mean, pink's my favorite color. (laughs) 
And if you know me, you know this because literally, like, everything is pink. I love pink. Pink earphones, pink shirt, pink <laughs> lipstick right now. You can't even see it. Like, cranberry, it's almost pink. No sweater. It's in the same hue. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just really like pink and um, such a girly girl that, you know, I decided whatever. Like, people are out there trying to make their brands work for both guys and girls. And I'm going to just embrace my femininity and be all pink all the time um (laughs) and that's just you know it matches my personality people always are telling me like your brand is such like a true embodiment of like who you are as a person so just kind of you know bubbly and pink and whatever cats and unicorns and (laughs) yeah I just love all of that stuff and you know what I don't think it has held me back at all I think that embracing my personality and just kind of going with it has made me seem more real, more authentic. And I actually do get guys sometimes who contact me and want to work with me. And I'm like, really? Yes, I love that. <laughs> and it's, Are you sure? I know. Are you sure you're in the right place today? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's such a good point, too, is that I know so many people, even myself starting out, I was Danielle Marie Creative. Marie's my middle name. And I was like, okay, this works for right now. And the the color I used was purple, which I'm, I, I maybe have one color purple in my whole entire closet. And it was a couple months down the road and I was learning more about branding and I was helping my clients with their branding and brace themselves. And I was like, I'm not doing the same. And I was similar to you where I have no idea where, I mean, not no idea, but I have, I wanted to leave the future open. You know, there's a good chance that I want to become a coach at some point, whether it's for branding or something like that. And then if, if the point comes to, I'd love to write a book if I have enough discipline to sit down and write it. And I just, I think that that's something that's really true is that if you, if you're not sure where you want to go, or if you're not sure, you know, where the future lies, which hint, no one does, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's great that you put your name in there. Cause that's, I mean, your name is you. Yes, totally. If you want to change your name or if you're getting married soon, please like plan out your future but also you know it's okay it's it's not supposed to be um you know the end-all be-all I know a lot of people who have really um creative names for like you know uh creative like it's something really you know catchy but the thing is they don't remember your name they don't remember you they remember the the brand that you've made so I think that's something that you have to remember too is what are you going for in your business too? And I love that you mentioned that pink is your favorite color because everyone I ask this to, every single time I ask them why they choose a color, it's because it's their favorite color. And I <laughs> I have a like I have a theory, an internal theory that we all get drawn to these types of colors because they embody us. Like for mm-hmm. you, I think that pink's really great. I have I have had a couple people who do yellow and they're very much, you know, bright and bubbly. <laughs> and then for me, I love blue because it's calm and kind of just like it's at ease and you know, it's it's very much what I am. I mean my eyes are blue, I wear blue all the time. It's just everything is blue, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that's so true. That's why I like asking these kind of questions because even if people don't think about it too much, I think there's an intention behind it. And you have to put intention behind, you know, your name and your brand and your color because it really embodies what you're going for and what your clients will go for. Same And same thing too. It's like, even if you have pink, red, whatever, you never know, you might catch a couple clients that you might have not thought about before. 
Yeah, I think that's important to remember that there's a difference between like your ideal client that you're trying to attract and like the clients that you're going to end up having. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great to have an ideal client avatar, but you know, not every single person that you're going to work with is going to perfectly fit that. Um, I mean, like you may have like one person ever that perfectly fits it. So I think it's important to kind of, you know, try to target an ideal client or like a market of some sort that's really specific, but whatever, leave yourself open to opportunities. And, um, also with, um, you know, picking your colors or whatever, I think that your point about how like people are picking their favorite color and that it kind of embodies them. I think that it's so important because, Um, when you're reaching out to clients and you're trying to get business, your website and your brand is like the first thing that they see, um, when it comes to you. So having something that really matches who you are as a person is going to make the transition from a potential client to actual client that much easier. And it's going to make them trust you faster. And so you're absolutely right. Branding is so important and the colors you use are, um, should you know, be inspired by you and your personality and what you want your business to stand for. Yes. And as you guys, I mean, as you guys have heard, she has people behind her. She has employees. It's not like she shifted her business or her brand once she had more people on. You can still have a team behind you and still use your name and your brand. Yeah. So I actually, that's funny. I did start out just as Miranda Namias, but then eventually I changed it to Miranda Namias and Co. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just like a slight tweak. And um, I think that I like it a little bit better now because, you know, it does, like, I have a team and I want to represent that well, but I'm still the face of the business and uh, people don't notice, like, I'm just Miranda Namias and that's what people know me as. And I think it's such a fluid transition too from, you can still use your name and have the Anco or the, (laughs) you know, studio, whatever you want to have, but you still embody that part. So I'm really happy you mentioned that too. And now that we're finally speaking about the present, kind of what you, uh, all of the stuff that we've talked about for this time. Uh, what are some current things that you're working on to kind of give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm working on kind of like I talked about earlier, I have the client side of my business and I also have the student side of my business. So 2017 was kind of all about, um, you know, getting clients and getting all my systems in place. And I'm really excited for 2018 uh, because I'm really starting to shift my focus into more on the student side of things. So I'm um, adding some more free content and some more paid content. And I'm just really trying to work on that side of my business and I'm having so much fun. Um, So that is what I'm doing this year Um, in my business is just focusing more on the like information and blog posts and all that stuff. Yes, I love that. I think that that's so true is um, once you have, once you start creating more free content and tribe content, it really helps keep your students and also attract the ones who want to find you as well. Yeah. But thank you so much for being here, Miranda. You guys heard it. I mean, there's, this was just one of the best pot, like episodes for anything starting out or anything really about business in general. Please Aww. like re-listen to this because you're- guys you're going to find a lot of nuggets of truth in here. So (laughs) thank you again, Miranda, for being here and coming on. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.